0: In this episode, we're going to hear from Amy. She's going to talk to us all about how she is teaching online in a variety of different ways that she's kind of mixed together to create her dream business. So if you've been thinking about using your teaching skills on the business pathway that you choose through teaching things like a workshop or a course or a membership, teaching kids or adults, Amy is going to talk to us about all of that in this episode. And again, if you want to find out more about joining Teacher House University to grow your business like Amy did, go over to alyssamcdonaldcom slash framework. The doors are open and here is Amy's story. I'm here with Amy from Amy Rodman Art, and she's going to share her story with you today, which I know you're going to love. So, Amy, welcome to the podcast. And I always start with the same question: Can you tell us a little bit about you and your business?
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a mom of two teenagers, so one is still in high school and one just graduated last year. I've been an art teacher for over 20 years, so. I got a job right outside of college where I thought I was going to be a long-term sub for a semester. And that turned into um, a couple years until my daughter was born. She was due the day before school started. So I ended up taking time off from teaching in the public school since I didn't want to miss her first year of life. And I realized very quickly that I wasn't just cut out to be just a stay-at-home mom because I was constantly coming up with all these things to do. So I ended up subbing so that I could just like fill in my schedule whenever I wanted to and only work one or two days a week. But I started teaching private lessons and I had already clear through college taught where um, a local store had after school and summer camps and the museums around us. So I've been kind of everywhere within the area because um, I've taught in public schools. There's an independent school that is in the most quaint setting of a wooded, campus and a stream right outside the art room. And I still teach camps there. And then in between before I went back for 10 years, I ended up back in a public school for 10 years once my kids did grow up a little. Um, In between that, I had owned a studio for three years myself. So I got out of that because I didn't think I was really into the business side of things. I just wanted to teach. But here I am back doing business stuff. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about the business side of things. Sure. So I have been in and out of the business side of things a lot, because even though I had taught in a school for a few years before my kids were born, and then again, for 10 years after, um, I felt like I was ready, and they were ready to go to school, and we could all kind of have the same schedule, I ended up just feeling like there was a different way to teach, you know, I knew that there was, I knew that people will pay to come to classes as like, their extra fun stuff that they want to do, that they really enjoy being there. And whenever I decided to leave the classroom, I was working part-time for the local museum and the museum, the Southern Alleghenies Museum of Art and the PA Council on the Arts, I'm in Pennsylvania, have a, they work as a team to offer these programs, artist in residence programs. So I'm a teaching artist with them. However, that only lasted a month and a half because I left the public school in January 2020 and halfway through my second residency, schools shut down, which meant I could no longer visit those schools. So I had to decide what I was going to do very quickly because I was not going to receive a salary. So that's how I am back into business, really. And I had come up with a lot of different ideas because of that residency program only being a part-time job of things I wanted to do and just hadn't gotten there yet since it was only a month and a half long. But um, now I teach mostly on OutSchool, a platform for teachers ages to teach kids 3 to 18 years of age. And I decided it was time to also start teaching these classes to adults. And I really want to pursue teaching in like a retreat type of setting, especially like travel retreats. We live in an area where it's perfect for destinations. So I've been working on a lot of different things.
0: I think this is such a cool episode to have because I don't think I've really interviewed anyone who is making a business, like turning the actual art of teaching into their business. This is a unique story. So I'm interested to dig into this a little bit. So one of the things that I think a lot of the listeners kind of wrestle with is like, what business pathway do I take? Do I create digital products, which is what a lot of people do, but you also have to really love graphic design and and instructional design? Do I create a course for other adults? Do I find a way to continue with my teaching? So it sounds like you were kind of forced you were gonna like thrust into this and then you picked a nice blend of working with a lot of different ages. Um And so what's been kind of, a challenge in getting started with this path? What, do you, what would you say has been your biggest challenge other than just being completely thrown into it? Right, yeah, that,
1: the very first large challenge for me was the technology and just all the learning curves. And I yeah. actually have a master's in instructional technology. So it wasn't like I'm unfamiliar with everything, but it's been a while since I've had to use a lot of the software and like do video editing and all of that. And you just forget how long everything takes. And so I had really big goals for what I thought I could accomplish and then realized this is taking forever and I need to kind of rein myself in. So the biggest thing I guess now is more just like finding my focus. I have so many different ideas and things that I want to do. And I felt like I wasted a lot of time doing a little bit of everything at the beginning and trying to figure out all of that technology that I've learned now to kind of do one thing, get good at it, and then move on to the next. You know, like really find your focus, figure out what you like. And then once you get good at that, it allows you to have more time to move into that next thing.
0: Such good advice when it comes to tech. I think tech can be a total stopping point sometimes, especially when it comes to creating something like a course a membership, a workshop, a retreat. There are so many options. You can have this course platform, that course platform, and combine it with this and that. Um, It can be so overwhelming. That's great advice to just, first of all, draw a line in the sand and pick something because there's no wrong answer. Like Everybody is going to go at this a different way and you can always switch.
1: Well, and the other thing is it's if you pick something that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you're going to do and you can't do other things, you know, like I just realized I needed to give myself a few months doing one thing before I jumped into the next thing. And then the next thing, you know, like I just have so many ideas and I feel like there, there isn't enough time to do them all. But then whenever you really map out your goals and you set um, like a calendar of the year and you figure out what you can do it's going to take a while to do all of that if you want to do it well.
0: Exactly. And how do you plan your time? You you are doing a combination of things between out-school and your creative retreat. So how do you find time for all of it?
1: I have gotten a lot better about time blocking and, you know, teachers have to do this with their prep periods anyway. So I realized... and. Also, having children made me realize how inefficient I was before. And then whenever you have to get a certain amount of time done during their nap or, you know, trying to use just your prep time to get however many tasks done that you need to get done during the day, that that has really helped me time block my day for working at home, because otherwise I could sit and don't get me wrong. This happens sometimes. I'll binge watch an entire season of something. And think I'm gonna get work done while I'm doing that, you know, leaning back on my recliner, and you get very little done. So if I time block in my calendar and I picked a planner that has it, you know, by the hour, and I just give myself a task for that hour and I also set those boundaries of when I should be working and when I shouldn't. And again, that doesn't always happen, you know, you get sidetracked or you take too long to do one thing and it kind of carries over into the evening when I'm watching TV or doing something else. But overall, time blocking has been my savior.
0: I think it's so smart to set those hours. That's been the biggest struggle with me being home on maternity leave. It's like, what are my working hours and what are not? Because mm-hmm. when it's not, I need to, I want to be present when it's not working hours. It's, so, it's, it's almost easier. I wouldn't say easier. I think I got more done when I was teaching because at least there were hours that I could identify were hours for my business or hours that I had to be in school. And now it's just like this giant (laughs) free-for-all. Exactly. When am I working? When am I not? It's this big overlap, which is really hard.
1: Well, whenever I set my hours too, like I set my teaching hours and kind of figured out what was the best time block to get the most enrollments. So I mostly teach in the afternoons. So that gives me a quiet morning to get stuff done. Like I don't accomplish as much in the evening, no matter what. And so now that has kind of been my stopping point in the afternoon when I'm done teaching. I stop except for maybe those occasional emails afterwards to just kind of finish up my day. But, you know, I try to keep things within that those daylight hours. And I do teach some adult pottery classes and drawing classes in the evening. So like three evenings a week that means my mornings i try not to schedule as much so that that day doesn't drag on for 12 hours
0: yeah i think there's something to be said about being live or I, maybe this is just me because i'm an introvert but if i don't have a good block of time where i'm not talking to anyone i don't get anything done i have to have these like more inward times versus the outward times even if if i've got 3 coaching calls throughout a day my whole day is is shot if they're spread out, because I can't mm-hmm. get anything done in between because I'm like, oh, it's just kind of sitting there as this thing that that I have to do. And so I like the idea of having the quiet morning where you're just focused on the tasks you need to get done before you're outwardly actually teaching. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about Outschool for those who are not familiar with that platform and how it works?
1: It is a teaching platform where you don't have to be a certified teacher. Everyone that I've mentored or that I know is just because, you know, my network is teachers, but there are a lot of people on there that have a specialty. Like my son took a class from a pilot. And so there's a lot of academic classes, but a lot of special interest classes that, I mean, the subject matter that you can find on there is unbelievable. You can find something for every kid's desire, but Um, It is a platform where you decide what you're teaching, how long you're teaching it, how often you're going to offer it. There's different formats, like a one time class where I describe it almost like you're a substitute teacher because you don't know the kids that are popping into that class and you have to start fresh with them. And then there's ongoing classes, which are my favorite. I offer, I think, nine or 10 sections now. I think I'm on nine sections of it where I, I do different age groups I either draw, do watercolor paint or acrylic paintings. So depending on the age group and the material we're using, I set the times to be different and you set your own prices per child. So depending on the enrollment, you know, if you only have one or two kids, you're getting a pretty small salary for that 45 minute or hour and 15 minute class, whatever you set. But if you have 10 kids, it averages out to a really nice salary where i've actually pretty much replaced my teaching salary with it but working part time
0: wow so how you do you how much of your own marketing do you have to do for that because it seems like sounds like there are, are so many classes to choose from how do you start to build relationships with these kids and families so that they they become kind of like regular customers or that sounds like a weird phrase to use with this, but like regular students um, that are taking more than one class from you, that must be important.
1: No, it is. And in fact, um, you know, the Monica's that you described, your repeat customers, (laughs) that's exactly who and why I do the ongoing classes so much because they come back week after week. If they go on vacation, that's fine. They can unenroll, but then join back in whenever they can And I get repeat students, I think mostly because they find the teachers that they click with, you know, they could go to thousands of other art teachers, but I have my repeat customers, you know, so, um, and they're from all over the world. One of the students that has been with me since the beginning is from a little teeny tiny island called Malta. And she is such a dreamy student to work with, you know, like she is always coming up with ideas and she wants Um, to learn so much. And like, I've basically replaced the private lessons that she used to do in person. So you build a relationship with the families, you communicate all throughout school, like their email system, but it's just like teaching any other way. Really? Like, I know it seems strange because you're only over the screen, but you still make the same connections as a regular teacher. As I did in a classroom, your classes are smaller, so you get to know them a lot. So You know, it is all about getting those repeat students that just enjoy the way you teach.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think that that is so cool. And for anybody who doesn't, who is not in Teacher Hustle University and is wondering about this whole Monica's thing, there's a lesson inside THU where I talk about this customer that we had um, when I owned a brick and mortar store and her name was Monica and she would come in almost every weekend. And we knew when she came in the door that, like she was going to buy up the whole place because she wanted whatever new new stuff we had Um, we sold paint and and vintage furniture so she would tell us about her latest painting project and we would talk with her she'd be in there an hour and she came back every weekend and anytime we had an event she was first in line and she told all our friends about us and Mm -hmm. what I talk about in THU is just it's so important in marketing in authentic marketing to develop those monicas to, to really find those monicas and develop those relationships because one Monica was far more valuable to us as store owners than a hundred people who were just coming in to browse or buy something really quick and they would never come back again. So um, it's just so valuable to think think about that when you're thinking about your marketing, even when it comes to things like out school and teaching or having a course, if, if you're going to create multiple courses or even digital products, multiple digital products, if you can in your marketing plan, develop these relationships with people who buy from you again and again, it just becomes that much easier to bring your ideas to those people, um, because you know that they're they're just waiting for you to put something else out there. And I love
1: if that. you, yeah, and some people aren't willing to commit to an ongoing class where you're teaching it at the same time every week on the same day. So the one-time classes are really great. A friend of mine that teaches on Outschool also teaches part time within a school so she she's more limited and she offers more one time classes but what you try to do then and I didn't realize this when I first started in out school and that is why THU has been so valuable to me because you know to me I was just teaching i didn't realize how much of a business it was mm-hmm. and how much funneling and you know learning about that whole process makes so much sense now and we the two of us had connected and like kind of figured out the platform together over the summer. And now it's like, Oh my gosh, that's what I was doing. I was funneling these classes by having these different one-time classes that that built on each other or the subject kind of, you know, connected in some way to the last class and you totally, they do a lot of marketing for you. So I don't really have to do a lot on my own, but I, I'm more conscious of how I develop my classes now so that they do funnel into each other.
0: Absolutely. So the this is the same with any sort of platform, TPT, Etsy, Outschool. You're, you're paying them whatever fee you're paying them to utilize their platform to make money. So they're going to do a fair amount of the marketing for you. Then your job becomes optimizing that platform. So your title, your description, your one-time class is kind of like your lead magnet. It's like, how am I going to draw people into my one-time class with a topic that's really cool and awesome that they're going to be searching for, and then mm-hmm. pull them into my regular classes to to make them into those Monica's, which is is funneling. So that's really, really smart. I love that. What What advice would you give to somebody who is like, Thinking about this pathway of either out school or just teaching through classes um, that they're doing on their own online, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out? I think the
1: biggest one is just dare to dream. Come up with what you would want to teach the most, who you want to work with the most. Um, You know, like because of me teaching out school and describing what I was doing, because a lot of the people that I talked to didn't know what that was. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I want to take a class. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're over 18. You can't. And that's why I'm like, wait a minute. I can. I can do this on my own, you know. (laughs) So dream about it. And that's where the creative retreats came in for me. Um, Myself and one of the other teaching artists through the museum had kind of started developing this. And we actually had one workshop planned for the end of last March and had to cancel it um, to get that jump started. And we're still like in the process of figuring out, well, how can we do this in person? When can we start doing these in person again? But I mean, I'm dreaming. I'm taking people to an Island. It's not like I'm just (sighs) staying at home behind my screen forever. And then the other thing is just stay organized. I know I need to create better systems for myself, but I'm getting there. And then that time blocking and just being efficient with what, what work you do in the time you have.
0: I love that. Can you talk talk to me more about the island? I just I want a dream. <laughs> What's the dream? Where are we going? What are we doing? What are you envisioning that those will look like? I love this dream.
1: Okay, so I have been going to a little island in North Carolina called Baldhead Island for a long time. It started because my aunt and uncle have a house actually not right on the beach, but within the woods in the center of the island and we've been vacationing down there with them and um this past summer That was like a great place to take a vacation where you're really not around anybody else. You know, it's not a commercialized island at all. You take a ferry and you drive golf carts, you leave your car behind, you drive golf carts all over the island, you ride bikes or you walk places. They have the beach, you know, there's many different accesses. So we know which access is like the best one for the waves, the best one for the shells, which one's the most relaxing. And then they have the marsh side where you can kayak and that I actually find to be more relaxing on the marsh. You can go crabbing. So it's kind of like the situation there, there's not a big hotel. You have to get an Airbnb, you have to rent a house. And so I want to rent this big house and, you know, eat good food and we'll have different art activities to do each day. But my goal for the creative retreats, and that's why they're called creative retreats and not like artist retreats is They're good for anybody, anyone who just needs a break and would like to be creative, but don't necessarily feel they're artists per se. You know, they're just willing to try things and experiment and hopefully end up with something that they're willing to hang on their wall in the end um, and then just explore the island and take that time to be away from just reality. You know, when you leave that car behind, you feel like everything is just on a break.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds so lovely. I'm terrible with creativity, but I'll do anything to go to that island. Like just just give me the paints. Let's do this. That sounds so great.
1: Yeah. And even like where I live, it's called the Laurel Highlands. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Falling Water. Frank Lloyd writes Falling Water in Kentuck Knob or nearby. And it's just like there's lots of state parks and we're in the mountains and it's very just very nature centric. And um that's another thing, like just taking hikes or like nature walks and exploring and drawing or painting or just see, you know, what you're seeing is kind of part of it. But we even collaborated with a local business for a behind the scenes tour of the local toffee shop and, you know, doing wine tastings and things like that. My daughter um, is certified to teach yoga. So yoga would be optional. So just kind of a whole mind, body, spirit thing.
0: That sounds so great. And the, what I really love about all of this is like you're saying, let yourself dream this stuff up. Like there, there are no limits to what you can do. Take your passion, figure out what your passion is and then follow it. And you can dream up any kind of an opportunity, uh, to help anyone with anything. Really there, there are no limits. The only limit is, is how far you can dream. So that is a great takeaway from this whole episode. Um, During the time that we're airing this recording, Teacher Hustle University is open and you are a member. So before you go, I do kind of want to tap into your thoughts about um, if people are thinking about joining THU and they're not sure if if it's the right program for them because they do have a lot of programs to choose from to grow their teacher business, what made you decide THU was for you? What advice would you give to somebody who's considering joining?
1: For me, um, I actually saw you first on Erica Terry's Entrepreneur Summit. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, first of all, clicking with your personality where you made everything seem easy and accessible, like marketing was not because marketing is my weakness. So it didn't seem like this was out of reach for what I could do. So find your strengths, find your weaknesses. My strengths are teaching and mentoring. My weakness was definitely marketing. And then once... I decided, okay, I'm going to try it and see how it goes, make the connections. So joining a mastermind, even though I've only been in this for a short time, we meet weekly and we're a group of ladies that teach different subjects, but everybody has different things to bring together. So just making those connections and learning from them, like something so obvious was pointed out to me this last mastermind, you know, just because you're not seeing everything that others see when you describe it you know they're they're hearing what you're saying and they can give you a different spin on it and then also finding others like there's just such an opportunity to network and find others in your own area of expertise but just the way you break it down into easy steps and the stacks it's doable it's manageable it's not overwhelming like so many of the other other trainings that I researched and watched so many webinars before I actually chose a membership to belong to, and this is the one that won.
0: Oh, I You kind of hit on all of my goals personally for the program, so I'm so glad to hear that it's doable and that the community is, I mean, I know the community is so amazing, but it's so great to hear how beneficial that community can be for someone in business. Because I know even in my school, I felt like a little bit of an outsider talking about my business. Nobody even in my school or my district understood what I was doing. So connecting with other teachers who have that that drive and um, want to start their own business or are already going down that road just gives you that perspective. You're, you're so right. That part is okay. really valuable.
1: Yeah. I mean, being an art teacher, even if there's more than one in your district, I was in an extremely small district. So I was the only art teacher in the entire um, school district. But even if you are, you're usually the only one in the building. And so making connections has always been important to me. Like, you know, we have a Facebook messenger group of 20 some teachers from around the area just to be able to connect and bounce ideas off of each other. And this membership, like, gives you all of that and more because there's, it's a bigger community and you're not the one like finding and seeking these people. They're right there and you can ask a question and they're always willing to answer.
0: Oh, it's so nice. The group really is, is hard to describe. They're all positive, supportive and really, really inspiring. And I know that people who are listening were, were for sure inspired by your story and they're going to want to connect with you to sign up for the creative retreat for sure. But also they may, they may have questions about out school, um, and things like that. So where is the best place for listeners to connect with you after this episode?
1: I tried to make it really easy. So my website is just amyroadman.com and Instagram Facebook is amy.roadman.art. So I also have a Facebook group that's a private community called the Creative Retreat Community. And I am working on making resources for outschool people who are wanting to learn more about outschool, you know, being a teacher on outschool. So I know that was, again, another one of those things where I felt like I researched to death before I actually jumped in and did it. So I'm trying to make it easy to access all the information with Resources for them to do that because Outschool really in, encourages mentorship. So you know, us as teachers, we are mentors to others.
0: Oh, that's such a great idea because I think Outschool can be a great opportunity for teachers. And like you said, rather than researching it to death, just find somebody who's already been down that road. That's the that's the easy part. It's like yeah. if you can make those if- connections. Exactly. If you can make those connections, it just makes everything so much easier. There's no sense in trying to go the DIY route. You might as well find a buddy and connect, connect, connect. So thank you, Amy. This was amazing. I appreciate you. And I cannot wait for that retreat. (laughs) I'm going to put that one on my vision board. Let's get to that island. Uh, I really thank you for chatting with us today.
1: Thanks. It's all planned out. We're just waiting for everything to open back up again.
0: Ah, soon, soon. (laughs) Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing all three of the stories from Teacher Hustle University members today. I think it's really important to spotlight some of the stories of teachers who are starting and growing their online businesses, because it helps us to see that it's not uncommon to go through some of the challenges that we're facing. It's not Uncommon to forge a new path, to have this drive and determination to do something out of the norm of what you may see teachers around you doing. Um, you are not alone in, in your dreams. And there are so many teachers who are realizing those dreams through hard work determination learning and surrounding themselves with like-minded people so i hope that the stories today inspired you to follow your dream and to take the next step whatever it is however terrifying it is take that next step because you never know where you will be a year from today if you've been thinking about doing something but it terrifies you it's probably exactly the thing you need to be doing to push yourself to the next level. So we're here to give you that little push and to show you that it is possible to impact more classrooms. It is possible to build the income you deserve and to realize all of your dreams. Just take the actions. And by listening to these stories today, you have taken action. So I thank you for being here and we'll see you in next week's episode.